Hannah Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. And Snoops and Sleuths, if you can hear it by the sounds behind me, the studio is getting some home improvements done. Right now, we're having the roof repaired, so please be patient. Right now, we're chatting with author Andrea Johnson about her books, writing, and all things cozy. Andrea, would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths? Oh, sure. Absolutely. I am the author of the Victoria Justice Mystery Series. I'm also a creative writing teacher on the college level and a professional editor focused on mystery and contemporary romance. I'm also the acquisitions editor for the Rise Imprint, which is a line devoted to genre writers of color under the umbrella of Running Wild Press. I also love to write about entertainment, so I contribute from time to time to the women's lifestyle website, popsugar.com. And I am a craft and publishing advice columnist for the online writing community at litreactor.com. Wow, you are busy. (laughs) Well, I try to keep my fingers in a lot of pots because my motto is the more modes you write in, the more you can articulate what it is you need to say when you get to the page. Makes it a lot easier to write if you write in many different genres and fields and mediums, it helps. I agree with that. I I actually don't just write cozies myself. I do sci-fi, I do fantasy. I, I have even dabbled in children's books. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounds like a lot of fun and so rewarding. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was a story that was actually inspired while I was trying to avoid doing National Novel Writing Month. Which <laughs> <laughs> is coming up. Yay. Oh, yes, it is. So has any of your writing been inspired by your actual life? Well, absolutely. The main character in my Victoria Justice series is a court stenographer or a court reporter. And that's actually based on a job that I had quite a few years ago at this point, but it's one that I did for about 10 years. And for those who aren't familiar, a court stenographer is that person who sits in front of a tiny little machine and takes down the verbatim patient of the proceedings in a court case. And so as I had the profession, well, to be honest, actually before I was actually a court reporter, I got the idea that that would be the perfect sleuth for a number of reasons. He sits there or he sits there and sees a number of injustices happen every single day. And what if that person decided, hey, I need to right those wrongs. So the impetus for the story actually came from my own life. And as a result, I've ended up using a few cases that I saw during my tenure as a court reporter as the jumping off point for some of the stories. Because each book has not only a trial in it, but the trial, unbeknownst to the reader, becomes an inspiration or a code key for the protagonist to solve the mystery. So you get kind of a twofer in each book. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Thank you, thank you. I I really wanted to try something that's unique since this is a protagonist that we really haven't seen in the cozy mystery genre. I mean, of course we all know cozies in general are based on the idea of having the profession be the lead you have your amateur sleuth, but the profession plays a role into it. So 
with this one, I wanted the profession to play a role, but I also wanted it to color the world that the reader is coming into. So they really experience something completely brand new. And I think every cozy reader wants to learn something. So hopefully this will be a big draw to people. Yeah, I bet it will be because I, I know I've never read a cozy that's from that angle. Yeah, it, it should be, I hope not only fascinating to people, but also spark sort of a new kind of genre. I, I like to think of these as cozies, but I also like to think of them as thrillers in the sense that when you think of a legal thriller, you think of a legal setting. And these are in a legal setting. A lot of the story takes place in the courtroom. Of course, the community is a big part. We still have our, our cozy cafe where she goes to, to have tea. We still have her you know, fall in love with the handsome law enforcement guy. We still have all of the cozy tropes but we have this brand new setting. So I like to think of these as almost cozy thrillers and maybe hopefully this will spawn something new in the genre, give a subgenre of the subgenre, if you will. Yeah, that'd be great. You can't get enough variety in the cozy world, in my opinion. Agreed, absolutely. So do you have any advice for those who would wanna write their own cozies or just write in general? Well, if you're going to write a cozy, I think it's important to have a very vivid setting. That's usually the crux of a cozy along with the actual profession. But my advice to anyone who wants to jump into being a writer in general would be to find a community, especially if you are writing something like a cozy, which is a subgenre that has a lot of, dare I say it, it has a lot of rules to it. There are a lot of reader expectations. So find that community. People tend to think that writing is something, since you sit down to your computer and do it alone, is a solo endeavor, but it really isn't. Creating a book takes a village from your critique partners to your beta readers, to your colleagues who give you cover blurbs or quotes to promote the piece when it's published. Absolutely. You're so yeah, it's important to have a village. Yeah, you're so right on that. But it also takes having the right village because I've been a number in a number of writing groups in person and online and some are more helpful or supportive than others, I will say. True, but the piece of advice that I would tag on to that would be try to, if you can, find a community that has a published writer in it. Try to find a mentor specifically a couple of them who are not just there to give you advice, but who are gonna read your work from time to time to give you guidance about how the publishing industry is changing because the publishing industry changes season to season. So don't just join a writing community online or um, a professional organization. Although I'll, I'll back up a little bit and say, that's where you start because that's how you're gonna find that published writer. But don't just stop there is what I'm saying. Go ahead and try to find someone who's published before, even if they're kind of on your level, maybe you've published one book and you pair up with someone who's published one book. Those two heads are still better than nothing. But ideally you wanna find someone who's published a little bit more than you so that they can give you the wisdom and guidance that they've gained so you don't have to keep making the same mistakes. So that would be the extra I would add to that advice to make it a little bit more powerful than the usual, you know, message that you get on that. 
Yeah, and that is some really great advice. So do you have a favorite character or would you get in trouble with your other characters? <laughs> well, as much fun as it is to write the protagonists in the Victoria Justice series, the character that I think is the most fun to write and the most fascinating for readers is Victoria's mother, Corrine Justice, because she's a bit of a helicopter parent. So I, I think she'll give people um, reminiscences of growing up, but she's also very sassy, very brassy, has, um, says what she means all the time. And she ends up becoming the mayor of the town that Victoria is in. So, it also helps that she's in Victoria's business every five seconds and they live together on top of it. So seeing the two of them clash and writing those scenes is definitely one of my favorite parts of, of this series. <laughs> That's great. And poor Victoria having to deal with her mom being up in her business every five minutes. 24-7, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, gets no peace, I'm assuming. <laughs> no, not at all. She, there's, there's a great scene in the first book where she's trying to, to do some very important sleuthing and her mom just keeps coming in every five minutes and it adds a lot of comic fodder to something that would normally be uh, kind of serious and chilling. So it's a fun juxtaposition. <laughs> oh man, this is just making me want to read your book. Oh, well, thank you. So is there an author that's most influenced your writing? Well, I've, I love Hank Philippi Ryan. I love uh, Carol O'Connell. Those aren't necessarily cozy writers, but I love their style. I love the, the brashness with which they write. And I try to write that way. As far as cozy books that influenced sort of the storylines and the type of cozy that I'm writing, because obviously I've described something that's a little bit darker on the cozy genre scale. Um, in that respect, I would say Blaise Clement's work has really been inspiring to me because her books, at least the early ones, the ones that she wrote before she passed away, not the ones that her, her son are, are writing now, her books are one of the first that I ever saw uh, in the cozy realm that include a lot of diversity. Um, her, her books deal with LGBTQA plus issues and not just, hey, I have a ca character and they're in the background, but they're actually part of the storylines. So I tried to do that as well in my book, have diverse characters, have diverse storylines that actually play into the mystery. It's not just, I have a few characters of color here and there. And that's one of the things, again, I hope that, that people find intriguing about this book because, or rather the series, because I try to bring in things that make the world seem more well-rounded and more like the one that we need. Yeah, uh, I hear you on the diversity thing because actually with my my lead characters, um, like I've got a, a 1920s steampunk a story that my main character is actually an African-American archeologist. Oh, wow. And it gave me a chance to actually look into Denver's history from that angle, which was really interesting. 
And with the current one that I have out now called Sparks of Suspicion, my main character is a Native American elf, which gave me a chance to dive into Native American folklore and find out that there are a handful of Native American tribes that do have a form of elf in their folklore. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. What is the title again? You said Sparks of? Suspicion. Sparks of Suspicion, I'm writing it down. And it's spelled S-P-A-R-X because her main character, or the main character's uh, best friend has a coffee shop that's called Sparks, spelled S-P-A-R-X. Nice. And it's a place where you can go get the latte and everything, but you can also get it with like a magical shot of confidence or what have you for, say you've got a blind date or a big meeting coming up, things like that. That is so cool. And my main character has a llama alpaca ranch. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And she has to figure out who killed a gnome on her property. Oh, well, there you go. Talk about imagery and setting. That is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that book. There's like mythological creatures from every culture in there, including... um, like a half spider woman, which would come from like the Navajo folklore and just, yeah, from a little bit of everywhere. Wow. I'm, I'm super impressed. I'm definitely looking for your book. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy it. It's, it's really a fun, it was a fun one to write for me because I'm kind of a mythology nerd. <laughs> People love a good story that can include world building that takes them out of their everyday humdrum. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. <laughs> so how are you and your family coping with the pandemic? Oi. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank goodness we haven't been affected as Harshly as some people in this country, mainly because I and and everybody in my family, actually, now that I think about it, we all work in either the classroom or for the government. So we've been able to continue to work during the pandemic. As far as staying sane and coping like that, we do a lot of going outside because we live in a rural area so going outside walking reading spending time together as much as we can in a fun capacity even if that just means okay tonight we're going to sit and have a meal together and talk about what we see on the front page of the paper but we try to make sure to have as much time together as we can because in a lot of instances we can't go out and do things Many of the businesses are open, but none of the kind of fun businesses. So we're trying the best we can to just stay sane by relying on each other. Yeah, that's kind of how me and my family are. Um, Fortunately for us, like for me, there's my writing and of course the podcasting. So I've got that to kind of keep me sane and working. My mom's 
got her own business that gets her outside every now and then. And of course, you kind of heard the dog barking in the background. We got a dog that gets us out every now and then. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, we actually adopted her just before the pandemic. Oh, we didn't know how how important she'd be to helping us keep sane yeah. in the coming months. Yeah. Oh, I bet she's been getting a lot of love. Oh yeah. Actually, <laughs> she needs to start getting used to me leaving every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> but she's she's been great, and she's the sweetest dog ever. What kind of dog? Uh, she's a Australian cattle dog. Oh, that sounds big. Uh, she's medium size, not too big, not too small. Um, okay. My friend thinks there's some corgi in her too, from pictures she's seen, but okay, I don't think I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny they say she's her breed's a high energy breed, but I think we got like the most mellow <laughs> of the breed possible. <laughs> <laughs> But she is so loving, so sweet, and we were lucky to get her. Yay. <laughs> that mellow attitude means that she can stay inside. I love yeah. when a dog can be inside. Yeah, she's she's actually more of an inside dog than we pegged her to be, because it's funny, we got her from an organization called Soul Dog Rescue, and they tend to go to, like, uh, Native American reservations and get like their stray dogs and things like that. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't think she was ever a stray because <laughs> she does not act like she was ever, you know, on her own or. Oh. <laughs> Very social that wants to be with everyone. Oh, yeah. Cool. So getting back on track. <laughs> Uh, how can my snoops and sleuths follow you? Ooh, well, I would love if people could visit me at my website, which is ajthenovelist or ajvnovelist.com to sign up for my newsletter. Newsletter recipients will be the first to hear about contests and giveaways, which will start late November this year, 2020. And... I'd love for people to follow me on Goodreads, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have a question for me, you can DM me there or just send me an open message. And my handle for all of those, Goodreads, Twitter, and Instagram is AJ the Novelist. Great. I'll be sure to also include those in the show's notes. Thank you. So, wow, I just saw the time and... We've been on this a half hour. Time really flew. Oh, oh. Well, I hope I'm not keeping you. Oh but no! I know that, you, I know that you, you're you're working on your studio, so um, it's just a pleasure to have been here. And I thank you so much for having me. It's a really good chat. So. Well, thank you for being on the show. It's this has been so much fun, and I love doing this. I love talking with my fellow cozy authors whether like you they're doing cozy thrillers or just 
the cozy mystery world in general is so expansive. It's fun to hear everyone's take on it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So do you have any closing words of advice? Oh golly, closing words of advice um, to writers, to readers? Whichever, whichever, whichever? whenever. <laughs> okay, well, um, I would say, I would say that it's important if you're thinking about being a writer to, and I know we hear this all the time, but to just keep writing, even when you don't feel like it, even when you think it might be bad. And I'm only repeating this advice for the millionth time because I think a lot of people believe that when they write their first book, it'll get published or they will publish it themselves and it's instantaneous fame and fortune. And even if you do get that instantaneous fame and fortune, it's fleeting. Think about all the people, cozy writers or otherwise, Donna Andrews, Blaise Clement, who I mentioned, or whoever your cozy favorite cozy writer may be, they didn't get famous or a household name by just writing one book. They wrote many, many of those cozy writers we love have 10, 20, 30 books in their arsenal. So it's important that if you really wanna do it and do it right, to keep writing and hopefully that spin on that same advice will kickstart a few people in the right direction. That is some that is some great advice. And I'd also like to piggyback on that with one of my favorite quotes when it comes to writing. Remember that the first draft you're filling the sandbox so that later you can build sand castles. As oh, I awful, like that. As awful as that first draft, and believe me, I've been there, the first draft is going to be terrible, even if you think it is the best thing ever written. <laughs> you are just <laughs> filling the sandbox so that through editing and all that hard work later on, you are going to be building sand castles. Yeah, don't be a word gardener. I listened to one of your podcasts before and I was like, that's a really cool term. Don't be a word gardener. Get out there and fill your sandbox. Yeah. The, I actually took on the term word gardener from a quote from an, another author I saw that said, there are two kinds of writers. There's the word architect who plans and plots and maps out everything in advance or there's the word gardener who plants the seed of the story watches it grow and prunes as need be and oh. I, <laughs> and Don't i be a word gardener <laughs> <laughs> and i preferred the term word gardener to what a, the other technical term for it which is there's either the plotter or the pantser in other words, you're writing by the seat of your pants. Well, I really preferred the term word gardener to pantser. <laughs> oh, okay. I misunderstood <laughs> that. Well, either way, it's A, a really cool sounding term, but B, I loved your quote because it's getting to the heart of the matter that it's important to get out there and do. Yes. Well, Snoops and Sleuths, you've heard another great interview here on The Cozy Sleuth. 
I'd like to thank my guests, Andrea Johnson, for joining us. And I'd also like to thank my patron, Regina, for becoming a Guiding Clue member on our Patreon page and helping us stay commercial-free and growing. Also, I'd like to thank my Coffee Clutch for their contributions. If you'd like to be like Regina or my Coffee Clutch and have your name mentioned on the show, join us on patreon.com slash thecozysleuth, where you can become a Guiding Clue, a clever sidekick, a small-town sleuth, or a Sherlock Holmes. Or you can join us on coffee.com, that's ko-fi.com slash the cozy sleuth, where you'll become a member of my coffee clutch for a one-time contribution of the price of a cup of coffee. And you can join me there on my blog, The Mystery Girl's Life. Until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, keep cozy. And remember, you can always find us on Twitter at the cozy sleuth.